Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Folks, we are literally looking at the worst inflation rate in 40 years. I feel like every time there's a bit of news coming out about the economy, about something that the Democrats have tried to do, whether it's force this stupid so-called Freedom to Vote Act down the throat to the American people, which looks like it has an uphill battle, but again, we have to be careful on celebrating too quickly, but... Anytime there's news or a story, it's negative. And that is candidly why they are trying to pass this for the, or what's, I I keep calling it the For the People Act. It's essentially the same thing. It's just the latest rendition um, called the Freedom, so-called Freedom to Vote Act. Welcome to the program, by the way. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can email thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, adoration, praise. You can also join our online community, community.toddhuffshow.com, and you will find, um, we'll update you on the early stages here of what we're trying to accomplish with the Truth Tour um, as we travel the country to, um, there's multiple phases to this, but eventually we're going to begin the process of syndicating the program, God willing, on other stations and um, speaking and, and different things like that as we travel this wonderful, absolutely wonderful place called the United States of America. So let's talk off the top here about inflation rates. Now, the left, let me pause. Let me make it clear that what we're looking at the situation that we have economically, these things can be directly traced to policies and ideas and the philosophy of today's radical left, which of course finds its home in the Democrat Party. So they are directly responsible for this. They have no one else to blame for these things. They can try to blame Trump. They can try to blame the filibuster, um, but they are solely responsible for this. They control the House. They control the Senate. Their policies have created this. Make no mistake about it. Worst inflation in 40 years. Now, they don't want to be obviously held responsible for this, especially in an election year especially in an election year. So now they are particularly um, trying to scramble to find ways to explain this. In fact, um, here's a, a soundbite, a soundbite of how the White House is trying to spin this. Now let's let's understand a few things here. First and foremost, uh, free market economics, capitalism, these are principles embraced by conservatives. I, 
I would say Republicans, but I don't know if that's even entirely entirely true any longer. The conservatives and folks who believe in liberty and freedom believe in the free market. At some point along that journey, at some point along the path of determining what an individual believes, it's 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 just accepting, I would say, the way things the way things are. Things like supply and demand, right? The there are forces and factors in an economy that determine the value of something. Um, it's not because the government says something is worth something. It's not because the government um, tries to manipulate and, and force the situation. It's worth what it's worth for someone else to buy it. And one of those factors, uh, one of the major factors is, of course, supply and demand and the rarer it is, the more likely it is to be seen as more valuable because you just need one person to find a high value in that and be willing to part with a certain amount of money, a high, a lot of money to, to get you to provide that product or service or whatever. Um, like just picture a Hunter Biden painting, for example, right? I mean, now this ironically is not, Supply and demand. This, this is what Hunter Biden's artwork is. You know, you have this Picasso, a guy that literally is out selling Picasso while he's still alive, untrained, just, uh, you know, heads. I, I think I read recently he wakes up every morning and spends a couple hours working on his art, which literally makes me chuckle. I can't even, I can't even deal with that. I've seen what's on Hunter Biden's laptop and I need bleach that is stronger than any other chemical on the surface of this planet to cleanse my eyes, to wash my brain. of so, Thank goodness some of that stuff was uh, pixelated and blurred out of vision. But even, even at that, um, you cannot unsee some of those things. But I'm supposed to believe that this guy, Hunter Biden, who's been tied, of course, to other nefarious activities, other things like um, you know, Burisma and so forth, all the inappropriate activities in China, or at least questionable activities in China. But what makes a Hunter Biden <laughs> painting worth a lot of money, I would contend, and anyone at least needs to open, be open to this possibility. Let's just say that. The reason that those silly paintings are worth so much is because it provides someone a connection to and access to the big guy, right? I mean, that's that's certainly certainly a reasonable conclusion one can draw, especially since Hunter Biden didn't start taking up painting until about 15 minutes ago. But this is how corrupt individuals, right, affect or deal with, uh, you know, try to operate within a free market. They try to they try to uh, do things like sell access. They're not really selling something that's truly valuable that people want. They're selling something <laughs> to get access uh, to that the thing that people really want, which is access to someone say the, that's the president of the United States. But those are the those are the things that laws should be designed to stop. Corruption, um, you know, selling political favors, those sorts of things. But outside of that, a free market should be able to operate and to have as little 
influence or um, barriers, obstacles placed before it by, in particular, the federal government, but any governing agency. There's certain things. I'm not a guy that says there's never a role for some sort of oversight or bureaucracy. There, there you know, there, there's a point in time where there's a state's interest, but those should have to be proven as to why the state has an interest. There can't just we can't just say we want to know what you're doing. So therefore, we're going to have another department, uh, another three-letter agency looking into your books and practices and presume that you're doing something wrong and we're going to go in there and find it. That's really not the way that it's supposed to work. But that is how the left wants things to work. That makes things less profitable, more costly. Um, It puts a spirit, a mentality in the minds of many business people, even though a lot of business people have this thought process, this mentality that says, no matter what comes our way, we're going to deal with it. We're going to succeed. We're going to find a solution. But the truth be told, inside of the minds of risk takers and business owners and entrepreneurs is a real concern that what other obstacle, what other cost, what other burden is the federal government going to place on me and my business? Um, and, and that's that's a real concern in this particular govern, governing environment, right? I mean, we've already got mandates. We already, I didn't talk about this, but Biden says everybody's going to get you know, eight. You're going to be able to get eight COVID tests a month. Eight a month. What? Who needs this many? What in the world is going on? Now, I presumably that's because, I guess, I don't know what the rationale is, but maybe that's because um, people who aren't going to get vaccinated are going to have to be tested weekly if this mandate, if this presidential executive order stays in place, forcing businesses to over 100 people to vaccinate or test weekly. So that would accommodate at least some of that. But who eight tests? Have you taken – who's taken eight tests a month? Uh, what in the world are we talking about? But not only that, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, but he's he said that insurance companies are going to have to pay for this. Now, that sounds that sounds to certain people like a great thing. Oh, great. I just got a new benefit added on to my insurance policy. Is that really what we think? Do we really – do we really think – that insurance companies are just going to eat that bill that they, first of all, that they even should? Does that seem reasonable that they should just pay for this and not have any sort of, I mean, it's it's absurd to think about. Anytime you have someone pay for something and then they're going to charge it, of course, they're going to pass it on to the consumer. There's a cost associated with that. So it it's going to end up being more costly and more inefficient than if we would just be able to buy our own stinking test. I mean, this sort of stuff, this is what I mean. The government getting involved creates more headache, more cost, more red tape, more uncertainty, people not knowing what form to fill out or how they get reimbursed and all this silly, stupid, ridiculous stuff. That's just one tiny, tiny example of how the the left rules or views the economy, which is, by the way, to rule it, to they think that they should be the overseers and the lord of the economy. And so 
it creates a, a feeling of uncertainty when leftists are running the show as they are now. And not only that, but they also want to give away all sorts of money. Now, I'm not going to give Republicans a pass here because Republicans have wanted to do this as well. But they want to give away all of this money, and that causes the creation of, of money that really you're, you're flooding the market, you're flooding the economy with dollars that really weren't created with any value attached to them. So you've created more dollars in the market out of thin air, right? And not because of anything other than you just wanted to quote unquote help people, or if you want to be uh, cynical about it, buy votes or any, whatever rationale, it creates a problem because it makes that dollar worth less. And when you factor in the amount of dollars that they've pumped into the economy and you look at um, some of the other problems we that we have economically speaking, you can see that inflation, your, your money, my money, our ability to go out and buy things that we normally buy from groceries to gas to you name it, our money has less buying power. Inflation, folks, is a form of indirect tax. It's not a tax where the government just takes your money, as they do through other taxes. And they're creative on the ways that they take our money, by the way. But it's this is an indirect tax. This is a tax that says, oh, you have the same amount of money. In fact, there might even have been a growth in, 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 in incomes, which the White House touted last week. But if your income growth is offset by inflation... You didn't gain, we didn't gain anything, right? And so for those people whose incomes didn't increase, for those people who are on fixed incomes, this is a, it's a, it's a problem for everyone, but it's a real problem. I think I saw somewhere, this just hit me as I was talking, the, I think Fox Business, I'm going to say the number because I'm fairly certain that this is what it was. Fox Business Channel Analysts there have said that inflation, I think in 2022, is going to cost the average American family $3,500. I think that's what it was. $3,500. I mean, is that, did people get $3,500 raises? If so, people might have been excited about the, the raise, but did they really get anything if their ability to use that money to purchase things that they need to operate as a family is $3,500 less of purchasing power or, you know, uh, that, that, that money basically is vanished. It's, it's, it, it disappeared through the magic of inflation. 40-year record inflation, thanks in part, thanks in large part to today's Democrat Party, thanks to Joe Biden, thanks to Kamala Harris, thanks to Nancy Pelosi, Thanks to AOC, Rashida Tlaib. Thanks to Chuck Schumer. Thanks to the Democrats in Congress. Thanks to the Democrats that won in 2020. The same Democrats who are going to be, in many cases, on the ticket here in 2022. They have created this mess. It is of their own making. We have to bury the burden of the cost. They'll kick that can 
to the taxpayer. Of course, that's the only person that can pay it here in the United States is the taxpayer. The government creates nothing. It only takes from producers. They'll kick that can to your family, to my family, to future generations, and it's a real problem. But the worst in 40 years. Folks, we are literally just one year, not even quite, not even quite one year. I might, I might like the Democrats did, I might scream at the universe on Inauguration Day as they did for Trump. I tell you what, if there's a reason, <laughs> this stuff is silly, but if there's a reason to scream at the universe, it's because of what we've got going on in the White House right now, in this administration, in this country, in our government. Total, total dumpster fire. Total dumpster fire. People voted for this guy because they simply hated Trump. They were told that Trump was the Nazi. Trump was the danger. Trump was the one who was going to cause the unraveling of the United States of America. And in just 12 months, we're seeing the worst inflation in 40 years, thanks to today's Democrat Party and the administration led by Joseph R. Biden. Make no mistake about it. Absolute, unmitigated, disastrous dumpster fire quick time out my friends back here in just a minute welcome back my friends by the way program brought to you by sid and his team at Killadent removal you may have hail damage you may have dings from you know, carts in the shopping center parking lots or what have you. You may even have big dents that you don't think that you don't think can be pulled out of your car. And you might be surprised. Sid and his team at Killadent Removal can actually pull out a lot bigger dents than I thought you could. I was over there recently and I was kind of impressed by some of the things they were able to do. Killadent Removal, located on the west side of Indianapolis. You can visit their website, KilladentRemoval.com. KilladentRemoval.com. Be sure you tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So, talking about the economy, um, it's not just, it is not just the Democrats' view on economics that's a problem. There's actually, (laughs) it's the cost of their legislation as well. So it's not just that Democrats don't really understand or believe in free markets or in how money is created in the private market, the the economy, and then given to the government. A lot of these leftists really believe that government determines, government is the creator of wealth, which is literally 180 degrees out of whack. It is completely... The opposite. Government exists because people were prosperous enough to to have enough money to be taxed to then fund the governments. And then so prosperous that people could be basically taken on a ride, have their wealth confiscated. That's what happens, folks. We don't we don't have a problem of not enough tax dollars. We have in this nation a problem of massive out-of-control spending. So their policy, their, their economic principles 
are completely absurd and wrong. But it's not just that. It's also what they want to do, which, again, you'll never find a leftist who thinks that a policy, or I should say a problem, doesn't have a government solution, a federal government solution, a solution that says there's a one-size-fits-all solution. You and the rest of us in, well, especially in uh, the heartland and flyover country in middle America and people everywhere, by the way, anyone who's not in the elite liberal class were to sit down, shut up, let them prescribe the solution to our problems, and then dutifully follow. Of course, if we don't follow, we face threats of all sorts of things from anything from as, I don't want to call it innocuous um, because it's it's more serious than that, but from having people silenced on Facebook, which I know is not coming directly from the government, but folks, if we don't think that there's not an unhealthy alliance and relationship there, we're looking at this the wrong way. All the way to literally facing charges um, or yeah, having threat of audits and all sorts of things like this for those, um, th- those are realities that people have to deal with. Lawsuits, I mean, there, there, are, there are things that happen, threats that can happen to people who do not comply. Look at what we've seen with vax, va- vaccine mandates. By the way, before I get into this, this I, I want to take just a minute to inform you, you may have seen this already, that the there's going to be a vaccine. Let me find it here. It's down my list here. Post Millennial reported yesterday, opening up, that there is um, Biden administration authorizes federal agencies to keep employee vaccination database. There it is. Now we were assured at the beginning of this process there would not be a you know mandates or forced vaccines or vaccine databases now they've already basically gotten the go ahead i think it's going to start february i think i saw february in this article i don't have it yeah february 10th the database will be enacted february 10th is what this article in the post millennial says now the database as i understand it is going to be people who claim religious exemptions to the vaccine. There's going to be a, a, a vaccine database. But that, again, of course, is step one. We've already been told there wouldn't be one. There wouldn't be vaccine mandates. Now here we are. So that's just a side note as you think about the things that they want to do and the costs associated with that, not just financial costs, but also the cost to cost to liberty. So, But there's another factor, another problem, another reason we find ourselves in economic straits when the left is running the show, and it's because of the the expense of their policies. I'm reading the headline here from The Blaze um, from, I think it was on Monday, dozens of Democratic, clim- Democratic climate warriors whose policies drive up energy costs beg regulators to get gas and electricity prices under control. Now, they're, they're citing a Wall Street Journal piece which also released uh, was was published on Monday um, in, in the journal the Wall Street Journal um, wrote about a letter signed by 41 members Democrats Democrats by the way 
members of Congress, basically asking, begging federal regulators at the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission to use, quote, their power to influence retail rates for natural gas and electricity. Now, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Well, they're doing it because there's a predicted, projected um, increase in the cost to for energy, to heat homes. Heating is an expensive, expensive, you know, way to, it costs a lot to heat your home, right? So, um, heating costs have been estimated to increase as much as 54% this winter. Again, I'm looking here at the article in the, at theblaze.com. And so these leftists, these Democrats, are trying to get the uh, the, the, the federal uh, government, the one of these three- and four-letter acronyms, to step in and to do something about retail costs, retail rates for natural gas and electricity. So they have an election coming up. In fact, I'm going to – next segment, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain – what happens when Democrats get control? There's a, there's a predictable cycle and process, and we're we're cycling through that right now. And I want to explain that after the break. But so they're writing letters and begging the the government to somehow alleviate the cost in an election year. So candidly, I don't care what the, the letter says; it's so that they can win re-election. That's what it is. It didn't matter too much in twenty. 21, but now that we're in an election year, people begin to get more serious and know that they're more likely to be held accountable for the things that are happening, especially if they're the party in power, especially if it's, you know, the Republicans statistically over the course of history should have a better, should have a good showing just based upon it being a midterm election. The party out of power usually gains seats and potentially a lot of seats. And you start factoring other things like inflation and Biden's approval. 28% of people think Biden will be reelected. Only 28%. You start looking at some of the crackdowns that states are doing on um, election, you know, fraud, voter fraud and that sort of thing. Democrats know that they're in for a shellacking unless something changes dramatically dramatically and it's going to have to be something that's not related to their policies it's going to have to be some something that happens that they're not directly responsible for because folks everything they're directly responsible for is doesn't help them it creates bad circumstances for the average the average family and so these democrats write the letter to the federal uh, commission here to try to get them to lower prices on energy but the reason that prices are going up is because these same folks, these same Democrats, push an agenda, a radical agenda, a radical green agenda, climate agenda, that costs more money, that drives the cost of energy up. This is this is exactly what these things do. This is why this is why people in the energy sector, those who are <laughs> Those who are not afraid to speak up or at least economists who understand these things, they they point out how these policies directly impact, directly impact the cost of heating, right? Heating fuels, whether that be coal or natural gas or whatever, because we're trying to be so aggressive 
and cutting emissions. And that is a big part of the platform for today's Democrat Party. And so the policies they enact, the agenda they push, drives the costs up. And now they're writing a letter asking the agency to step in and magically with a a wink and a nod just to make the prices go down because it's an election year. Make no mistake about it. They don't care. I'm telling you, these jokers, and there may be some exceptions, but very few, these jokers don't care about what it costs you, what it costs me to live in their in the society that they've helped create through their silly laws and ideology and worldview. It's our jo- job to bear that cost. But when they realize that there are some negative consequences and voters are not happy and they are eager to get to the polls to vote these jokers out, they will do anything in their power to change that. And I want to kind of walk through that cycle with you next next segment, the the evolution of what happens when Democrats take over and how the process comes around from the time they were elected until the next election day and what happens in that cycle because it's a predictable cycle. It happens every time, and I want to go through it with you. We'll do that after the break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's talk here. Let's talk about this predictable cycle that happens every time. I am telling you, it you can set your clocks by this. In fact, if you go back and listen to episodes of this program as we got to the end of the year, you could have heard the little timer in my head going off um, as it pertained to what it's time to discuss next because it is so predictable. In fact, I find this part of my job, predicting the left, um, as it pertains to things like this, quite boring because it's it's... I mean, you can etch this in stone. This is precisely 100% what happens. So let me explain what happens here when the left gets into positions of, of power. So first and foremost, their job is to get elected, right? So they'll typically campaign. They'll campaign on things that... Um, are either misrepresentations of what the conservatives believe. Uh, they will co-opt things, or I, I think I think it's beyond co-opt. I think it's collude with um, movements, right? Movements. Uh, take your take your pick in today's today's world. Um, everything from the forced vaccine movement to the trans movement to LGBTQ movement, which I guess could encompass that, but just all these, the, the movement towards socialism, and they they rally these folks, they they demonize the right, they get elected, right? They they demonize their opponents like opponents like they did Trump. Trump was perhaps the best example of this, but they get elected. Then they get into power, and they go all out. <laughs> Got another term here jotted down that I'm not going to say, but they go all out on spending, taxing, regulating, moving us towards socialism, their utopia. They go all out on this. Now, what's interesting this time is that they have obstacles and barriers within their own party. Joe Manchin being the most notable 
and arguably Kirsten Cinema as well. Now, these policies are never, they just, folks, they're not. They're more popular today than they were 30 years ago, but they are not popular because, folks, the, the things that they are pushing run contrary to common sense, run contrary to the way that people live their normal lives. It's not, in fact, people act, Biden acts like he's got a, um, well, a mandate on, on pushing his agenda. That's not what the election was about. The election was which president do people want? Do they want Trump or do they want someone who's not Trump? And they media caused people to hate Trump. Trump caused some people to hate Trump, but the media caused most people. The Democrat Party just said, hey, here's the best guy we can have. He's in his basement. He's got, you know, talking about geese in his pond and all this sort of stuff. Let's elect this guy. And it worked for some people. Then on top of trying to push this radical agenda, right, the spending, the taxing, the regulation, the infringement upon your liberties, the taking over of, of things. I mean, taking over, this this uh, Freedom to Vote Act is a great example. They want to take over federalized, nationalized elections, which is not constitutionally how that's supposed to work, but nonetheless, it doesn't stop them. Now, there's another reason they try to do this, which is kind of the third point. They try to ensure that they are going to be permanently elected, that they're not that they're going to be permanently in the majority. And that's what this for, excuse me, I call it the For the People Act. It's called the Freedom to Vote Act now. It's this radical, insane uh, voting policy or uh, voting law that we've talked about at, at a decent length here over the past couple of weeks or so. And because they know... They know that what they're pushing is not popular amongst the electorate. Plus, they also know, history has bore this out every time, that when their, uh, their economic policies are enacted, negative things happen. You know, things like 40 years, 40-year highs of inflation, just as an example. And so, there begins to be a panic when it's election year. And so, as that election approaches, approaches, what they try to do is they try to cast the blame somewhere else. They try to pass the buck. They try to hustle and come up with some other alternative explanations as to why things are as bad as they are. They try to tell us things. First, they'll try to tell us things aren't as bad as we think they are. We're just stupid and can't realize the brilliance of, of the administration of the Democrat Party. Then they'll try to blame it on Trump or somebody else. It doesn't matter. Probably still Bush for all we know. Then they hope that they can emotionalize this election enough to cause you to vote for them again in spite of the mess that they've created or get folks to prioritize an election on some other issues or fill in the blank. There's that moment of panic, and that's where we are right now. We're in the moment of panic when they know that they, they're not going to – well, barring something extraordinary here, the Freedom to Vote Act is not going to pass. They've been caught red-handed – the American people know precisely who to blame here. And so now we're going to see these next few months, people trying to distance themselves from the radical agenda, people trying to blame other people. That's not, not a Democrat, people who try to look more moderate, more Republican, whatever, even though they are precisely responsible for what's happened here. This happens every time, every time. And they can succeed sometimes, with this last step. So that's where I paused. And, and what happens from here depends upon 
how the American people interpret this, how Republicans fight back the narrative, the way that we can articulate what's wrong and, and why the conservative vision for this country and the Constitution are better routes than the radical leftist agenda. Quick time out, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk, I am your beloved host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. So why did I say, why did I say this is the part where the predictability of this thing kind of stops, this cycle? Well, the reason I said that is because it depends upon individual candidates running for office. I'm reminded, well, I got to go back in the memory, uh, back in my memory here, uh, of, of candidates like Todd Aiken, who, uh, you know, a Senate race in the state of Missouri, a tight race. He made some comments about, um, I mean, just stupid comments about rape and pregnancy. Or I, I don't remember precisely. I think I do. I just don't want to say it because it's it's absurd to be honest. Um, and then people like in Indiana, Richard Murdoch got pulled into that mix as well. He he said some things that people scoffed at or that. I don't know, maybe it was, uh, I'm again going from memory here, but could have been framed as a gaffe. Not not like what Todd Aiken did, but it was in that same election year, so he got, those two were successfully tied together. And there's going to be Democrats like, um, is it Connor Lamb, who won in Pennsylvania, um, pretending to be a conservative. There's going to be a lot of that. And it comes down to these individuals running in their respective states to properly frame these elections and make the case for why people should vote for them. I just interviewed a gentleman today running for Congress in the uh, sixth for the television show, sixth district in the state of New Jersey, uh, Rick Maida, and had a great time talking with him. There's others that I've spoken with who are running for office as well. And but on paper, statistically speaking, and just what the cycle tells us, the Republicans should should have a dominant showing at the polls this fall. But it turns out that campaigns do matter, so there's still a long way to go here. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I'm not I'm gonna come short of making a prediction because again, all I'm gonna say is the Prediction, the well, the the what should happen is that Republicans clean house, that they should wallop the left, the Democrats come this November, but there's no guarantees of that. It comes down to actual campaigns. It comes down to, I mean, all sorts of information about the candidate. Um, I'm thinking of the the Senate race in Alabama a couple of years ago. I mean, all sorts of things can happen. So I've got to go. Thanks so much for listening. SDG, see you tomorrow. Take care.